Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Come on. Like, they're definitely not a good band, but like, like, Creed, Creed's not a good band, but I mean, it, you can't tell me that when Hire comes on, you don't you don't just like crank it all the way up and sing it at the top of your lungs. Just at least as like the meme of what it is. It's so good. But they're like, like it's like, like Creed Nickelback. They're like boy bands with like guitars. You like, know? Yeah. They okay. Like, I, I don't I think Creed say. or Nickelback are good bands. Like I'm not, I'm not going to go sit down and choose to listen to them, but they made millions upon millions of yeah. dollars for a reason. Yeah, because um, Christian kids Those dudes are rich, rock, quote unquote, and uh, not feel like they're going to hell. So, like, but Tool, they're a legit good band, creative Tool, artist. Tool is one of my favorite bands of all time. To say that Creed and Tool are basically the same band is like a level of sacrilege that I can't really even wrap my brain around. <laughs> I uh, yeah, that. The, the tool, see, creed tool thing fan, really that, that pushed a button and it let me go like i had to like step away and like not tweet not respond <laughs> to it because i just i know what's going on and i'm just not going to partake in in this it was one of those things i was telling matt i was like i don't know why i can't stop replying to you right now <laughs> i know what's going on but you, and, you matt had me trapped it was it was excellent work by him and um, Paul, Mr. Jeffries, he he like triggered me with. He wasn't even saying anything bad. He's like, I just don't know any. I can't name a tool song, so I list like four. And he's like, doesn't ring a bell. And I was like, see, I got caught up again. But again, <laughs> I will say, all y'all are probably about ten, seven to ten years younger than me. So I'm coming up, like right when. Enema was released. I was like, you know, I graduated high school that year, around that year. So it's very, if you get past, you know, very, very much past um, that era, like I, I couldn't name another Tool song. See, I'm the exact opposite. I like didn't I start listening to Tool until like, I got to college. And that yeah. was 2006 when 10,000 Days came out. Yeah. And then I worked backwards from there. So like, I was like, holy shit. 10,000 days this is this is like an amazing album. I love that album so much so that's when I started working backwards and going back through the older tool stuff but Creed is really I just I can't with him I owned I owned the Creed CD whichever one it was I, I Evan tweeted that uh, he said he asked for it for Christmas in 2001 and received it and I didn't ask for it for Christmas, but I do remember like specifically saving up like 15 bucks or whatever and going and buying it. Like I definitely owned that Creed album and 13 year old me loved Creed. See, that's the difference. And I think when that album came out, I was, I 
20. <laughs> so I was like, this is kind of sucks. <laughs> You're a Cowboys fan, right? Yeah. How'd you feel about when they did the, uh, I think it was the Thanksgiving game halftime show. I was really disgusted. <laughs> I was really, really, cause they've had cool. I'm not, they, they really haven't. I mean, I think they had like the Jonas brothers one time, but they were better than Creed. I went to, let's see, I've been to one Thanksgiving game and it was Destiny's Child was the halftime act. That's way, I mean, that's a million times better than Creed. It was, yeah. Anything that involves like Beyonce is like, you win. So you wouldn't go to, like if Creed got back together and started touring and you got free tickets, you wouldn't go? No. I'd go. I couldn't, I couldn't look myself in the mirror and go. I, I don't know. Like, I'm just always down to go listen to some music. And I would be I would be totally down to see what old Scott Stapp sounds like. See, like, I'm an old, like, 90s, early 2000s, like, metal head kid. So I just couldn't do it. Oh, I've been to many, like, good concerts. Don't be too cool for stuff. That's I, the fun I, of it. That's the one thing, like, the, the heel that I'll die on, like, where I'm, like, pretentious is, like, rock music are Everything you gonna else, go like, to I'm the uh, take television go to the shows? when we were young festival i saw the like a poster for that and uh i think i'm too old for that <laughs> i think those bands like were like i was i was already like on my slope of like well i'm listening to what i like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna mess with this anymore you'd stopped finding new music yeah the only one that i there are a few bands that i knew but i guess it was because like like, you know, like Avril Lavigne, like I was an older teenager, I think, maybe, maybe 20, 21, maybe old, that little bit older than that, whenever she was like really big. And I mean, I didn't really care for it. That's just me, though. Like, again, I was pretentious, like, you know, I listened to like Slayer. So I mean, it's like, I didn't, you know. I love that what you're telling me right now is that you are too old for the when we were young. What was it? I'm not when when I was when all that was popular, like I wasn't a young adult. Right. But like the whole premise of it is you guys grew up. So think about when you were young again. Yeah, and I know. You were too old to, to get young in that time frame. Yeah, that's exactly it. I was already like over it by the time they came out. Your beard, guessing, your beard I guess the does point of that, that is, though. I guess the point of that is like this is for like 13 to like 16 year old kids at that time. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, whenever when Avril Lavigne was big, I was like probably like fourteen. I don't know. What is that like? Oh, two. Yeah. Somewhere around in there. Yeah. I think I think that's when like complicated came out. It was probably like that's probably when I went to like Pantera had a new album out, and we went to that um, tour. Good old Dimebag Daryl. Yeah. That was a never mind. I'll get on. I'll get off on a tangent. Anyway, welcome to the Bear Den. That was just like the longest uh, cold open ramble ever. (laughs) About, yeah, nothing to do with uh, Baylor sports or anything. He's Matt. I'm Joe. Welcome in. Um, So, Joe, did you get any icebreakers or we're just going to move into it? Oh, let's see. Let's see. Let me check Twitter. Hold on. All right, here we go. This is this is from uh, an Iowa Hawkeye fan, Kel Four Hawks. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. You can only watch TV shows or movies for the rest of your life. Which would you choose? Okay. So, like any movie ever, and new movies coming out. Yeah, like same- I think there was supposed to be. Uh, I think there was supposed to be a number in there, but let's just say one. You can only watch one TV show or movie. I can only watch one movie, same movie. Yeah. And one TV show for the rest of your life. That's hard. Cause I have a lot of movies I, c- I could do that easily with. But then I think with TV shows, you have a lot more content. Cause like if you have like MASH, you could watch that's 20 years of, sh- of, of Jesus. episodes. Yeah, but I love MASH and all, but do you want to watch? <laughs> I don't know. Well, saying, I, you know me episodes. My I TV have? show is easy. My, my TV show would be The West Wing. I watch I watch it every year, sure, like through all the, the way. The Wire would be good. The Wire the is just, it's more, not enough. West Wing has more episodes. Yeah, there's more episodes of West Wing. So yeah, that'd be a good one. 
So would you pick a TV show or I mean, well, I, I think pick Star- one. like you can pick one of each. So like, okay, I, like I would pick West Wing as my TV show and my movie would be. I don't know. The first thing popped in my head was Jurassic Park. Let me ask you this. What if it's like a, a series, like a film series? Like you know, so if there's a trilogy, I like that idea. It would not be Jurassic Park if if it's that. You know, because like if I could watch like, because technically like like the Marvel movies, they're all in the same. No, you can't do that. It would have to be like Iron Man. You could watch three the, the okay. Iron Man trilogy. I could watch like, like the Thor. MCU and say, well, it's all really telling one story. <laughs> Okay, so movies, I would probably pick like Empire Strikes Back. Because I could watch yeah, that. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good I one. I would that, pick like, Jurassic Park. And anyway. then, but I think if if we're doing like you can do a trilogy, I'd do Lord of the Rings. I mean, trilogy. I don't know. I want to say Back to the Future. Because I don't want to say Lord of the Rings since you did. I stole it. I'm trying to think of other trilogies. Maybe Godfather. That'd be a good one. Godfather yeah, so good. I would say TV show. I would either go with The West Wing because it is one of that is one of my favorite shows. And there's a lot. Or this is gonna get me killed, but maybe Game of Thrones. Oh, I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I I've I've thought about going and watching that through again. I just can't do it. I cannot. So like, I cannot I go back. To, Knowing what I know about how it ends, I know, and I'm right there with you. And I used to before until this the last season. I would like rewatch like the whole thing before the new season came out, like right before. So you're like you're fresh. And I, after the final season, like I don't think I've watched a single second of Game of Thrones since then. And that's been two years ago or something like that. But the early scenes are so good. If I could, if I could watch one show, I mean, they're really good. The first like four seasons are great, but you have to deal with the the back half. We have we have a question in for Mason Abear too. It's totally off topic from anything that we've talked about yet. Okay. Um, but he says I'm a big dumb idiot, and I want to know why does Nickelback have more bangers than Creed and Tool? So I think. The, the answer to that, Mason, is is the first part where you said you were a big, dumb idiot. Um, I think they're Canadian. That's the answer. <laughs> Nickelback is super rich. You can hate them all you want, yeah. but I, I know I know all of you out there bought This Is How You rewind, Remind Me on iTunes. Like, I know it happened. Or what's the one about the photograph song? Look at this photograph. That was super popular. Oh, dude, they made tons of money off that song. It's a garbage song, but they got really rich off of it because a lot of people listen to it. Yeah. Anyway, those were a couple of the icebreakers that we got there in like five minutes. Yeah. Matt, what's going on in the world of Baylor? Um, well, in the world of Baylor overall, we got you know, spring sports are ramping up. I think baseball and softball, they're about to start. Men's and women's tennis have already started in kind of like the spring sports realm. Um, we have, of course, basketball is is doing its thing. Um, did you watch the any of the basketball since the last time we talked? Yeah, I caught last the, week. the West Virginia game on Tuesday, which was randomly a, a 4 o'clock start, and – I won't lie to you. Yeah. I did not know it was a four o'clock start until four o two, when I looked down at my phone and saw I had an alert that the game had tipped off. Yeah, me too. Um, but did you excellent wa- game. You got to watch. You watched that game. Yeah, I was still working, so I watched probably like the first twenty minutes, twenty thirty minutes of it um, while I was still doing some work, and then uh, went and picked up my son from daycare at halftime. And then watched it with him for the second half until he went to bed. So I missed, I missed like a, probably a good ten minutes of the second half doing like bedtime. But, uh, but yeah, no, I got to watch it. It was it was a very good bounce back game, especially considering that we didn't have Akinjo or Sohan in there. Um, and I saw I saw a guy named uh, West Virginia Stats guy pointed out that in games that Baylor is ranked in the top five, when they've gone to Morgantown, they lose by an average of nine points. So 
definitely not a place that has been friendly to us when we go in there as a good basketball team. Yeah, and in this conference, a, a bro- win on the road can't can't um, welcome those enough. Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is a a tough little road slate because we've got yeah. we've got Oklahoma this weekend in yeah. Norman, and that'll wrap up like wrap up Oklahoma. We'll be done. Yeah, Oklahoma will be done, and then West Virginia. I think we play them. We do. Yeah. La- uh, January thirty first, we play yeah. them. So just you know. Less than two weeks away. Did you watch any of the previous game, which I think we recorded before? Yeah, before the um, Oklahoma State game. That was a Saturday, last Saturday. Yeah, uh, I actually I watched that with my my dad was over to to visit Teddy, and I watched it with him, and it was it wasn't it was not a fun experience. I, I I was surprised at the fact we were able to make it a game in the end, yeah. but. It was uh it was an ugly, ugly effort. Like Texas, the Texas Tech game, there we just we didn't play great. But the Oklahoma State game, it just felt like we were in mud, man. It it there was just no energy for 35 minutes of that game. I turned it on. Like I I, I came to it late because I, I knew it started, I was doing stuff around the house and I, I opened up my laptop and turned it on and I think it was like 24 to nine. And I was like, nope. And I, I closed my laptop <laughs> and I went back to doing stuff around the house because I figured it's, you know, it's my fault. It had to be me. So I just, and then we did, you know, like you said, coming back. So I went back to it and then I watched the end of the game. So. Yeah, it, it sucked. It, it was, it was the first time since the like COVID game against Iowa state last year where we like, we, we looked bad. Yeah. So we just, it's very rare that, that we have watched over the last three seasons, Baylor just have a bad, bad game. So it it was tough to see, but I'm, I'm, I don't want to focus too much on the negative. Like that game was, was God awful, but yeah. Bouncing back, winning like we did in, in in Morgantown, especially as shorthanded as we were, huge, amazing job by LJ Cryer in that game. I mean, I think For he sure. had career highs. I'm pretty sure in that one, like just absolutely. And Matt Mayer's back apparently. Well, I mean, definitely the. I mean, we had like full on the full good Matt Mayer experience in Morgantown for sure. They were they were very mad at mad at him on Twitter after that game. I, <laughs> I think I, if I if I'm not mistaken, somebody set up a change.org petition, like a West Virginia fan, um, requesting that the NCAA uh, drug test Matthew Mayer. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, I mean, I don't want to. Is it just because he had a good game, or is there something else to that? Because I was not aware. Because I think it's because the, well, he always beats up on West Virginia. Oh yeah, he did that spin. Yeah, he had that the, the dunk, nas- right? his nasty dunk that was yeah. against them. Yeah, so yeah. they get they get tired of seeing him do it. But yeah, Cryer, dude. Cryer, I think I think that might have been his first start, maybe. Um yeah, I think so because of the one kitchen. of the few starts that he's had if he if he has started. But 25 points, man, 50% shooting, just huge for Cryer. That dude was on fire. Which wants me to ask, like, are the like producers of the our time? docuseries psychics because like akinja or not um crier's episode i think was episode two right i haven't watched episode two yet i'm a bad fan so episode two they i haven't watched the latest one yet but episode two they they focus on crier as on the men's side and he goes to top golf and they do a bunch of activities and so and then he has a you know this is like that was released before the West Virginia game so and then he goes out and has that that game on Tuesday so and I think Akinjo is the focus of uh, the latest episode I saw like a little thumbnail so maybe he'll come back and have a, a great game against Oklahoma I hope he I hope he comes back he's Although he's one of they my focused favorite on Matthew watch. Meyer on the first episode yeah first episode was Meyer, Meyer and um, and Melissa yeah. Smith. But yeah, I can't I, remember uh, the women's basketball. Um, 
She was there with Cryer at the Top Golf, but I can't remember what who it was. Forgive me, women's basketball fans. Yeah, I need to catch up. It's one of those things I I always think about it while I'm working, and I'm like, oh, I should totally watch that. I can't. I don't have time right now, and then I forget about it later. Yeah, my thing was like, I missed um, I missed like uh, I didn't watch Boba Fett on Wednesday. So then I was like focused on like catching up with that and I completely forgot about the uh, documentary. I'm watching, I'm watching Boba Fett on Fridays now. Okay. So I wait, my wife and I watch them together. We'll put the baby down. We go upstairs. We watch Boba Fett. That in Abbott elementary. But yeah, I haven't, uh, I haven't gotten to see it yet. I'm, I'm really excited. I did watch episode one, like the day it came out. Um, with yeah. Meyer and Alyssa Smith, but um, and speaking of the women's basketball side of things, they went through a couple of losses and a COVID break, and they mm-hmm. kind of similar to the men's team broke out of their funk. Yeah, they uh took care of Oklahoma State for sure. That was a nice uh, what 20 point 18 point win. I think, yeah, let's um, see. They Oklahoma? yeah, who'd they play before that? They had another game. They played well. They lost to Oklahoma lost on the Oklahoma. road, but then they came back and they beat Kansas by three yeah, that's, that's in Lawrence. So they 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 putting together a couple couple wins, kind of getting uh, getting the groove back after the the pause. And still, the Oklahoma loss was was a close game, and they, yeah, they, they were top twenty five team. And yeah. clearly this team's been dealing with with some some COVID stuff. So like yeah. they haven't been at full strength yet. Plus, I mean, I keep trying to tell people this. It's a brand new system that you know Nikki Collin is playing with Kim Mulkey's recruits. But they're not built for right now. Yeah. I've seen people say that's that that makes that means she's a bad coach. No, there, there's there's girls that are gonna be on this team for more than just this year. They need to be a part of that system and continue learning it moving forward. That way in two, three, four years, we can see the full version of what this offense will look like. And I'm really excited to watch us shoot a bunch of threes. So oh, for sure. I like high scoring. You know, I like offensive basketball. Yeah. Now the women do have a huge test this weekend, though, as they they play allegedly my favorite team of all time, Iowa State. So allegedly. Iowa State's number seven. Yeah, number seven in the country right now. So yeah, that's gonna be tough. They have the tough Jones matchup. sisters. Yeah, that's gonna be a tough matchup. They're um they're they're real they're pretty good. <laughs> they're real good. Um, so yeah, and I can't wait to they see that beat one. they. I think uh, I'm pretty sure Iowa State beat us last year when when Kim was still around. Yeah, that was like the like they upset. I think it in was that in Waco. I think it was in Waco. Yeah, but like they hadn't beat Baylor in like a quite a time. When they did last year, so I remember that fondly. Not really. Um, anything else on the women's basketball side that you can think of? No, I mean I'm excited to watch them keep going. I I know they've lost a couple of games and they're kind of like further down in the rankings, but it's super early in the season, and I still think that they're going to be competing for a Big Twelve title. Which I, that's not what I think the level goal should be right now but i think they'll still compete for one and and i have a lot of faith in, in coach colin and what she's doing i mean that's pretty much what i've got with them all right i'm just i was looking at twitter someone responded to one of your tweets so <laughs> it got me distracted um i think that I agree with you. I think the women are going to be fine going through the rest of the year and these early struggles will will pay off in the end. I don't necessarily know if they're, you know, to that level that they had been in previous years where they're going to, you know, just roll through the big 12, obviously not. They've already, you know, taken some losses in the regular season, but I think by the time they get to tournament time, they're going to be a different team than what you're seeing right now, especially early coming off of, the pause and the, you know, not being at full strength. Yeah, for sure. So it's, it's a long season. We got a long way to go. So. Yeah. And the same thing with the men. I mean, right now you're, you're down, like you were talking about, you were down two starters 
for West Virginia came out with a win, which is that's on the road in this conference, which like we were talking about, that's that's nothing to sneeze at. That's a really hard thing to do because there's a there's a possibility like every single team in the Big 12 could make the tournament. Yeah. And I mean, look at it. You're still number two in the conference right now. You're, you're tied with Tech. You know, you lost to Tech, who's tied with you for second place in the conference. And your other loss was Oklahoma State, who's 500 and, and tied uh, tied with Texas for the third best record in the conference. So um, I know Oklahoma State, they were, what, nine and seven when they beat us. And so it looked bad. But, I mean, they've they've won some Big 12 games. And Mike Boynton's a really good coach. Uh, it's sad because we absolutely could have won that game if we just had any kind of effort. But. It is what it is, and we move forward. I don't think anybody's getting out of the Big 12 this year without three to four losses. So Kansas is four and one right now. They're going to lose two to three more, guaranteed, if if not more than that. So uh, it's it's wide open, and even though you lost those two back-to-back games, you're going into a stretch right now where you've got Oklahoma on the road. That's going to be tough, but you can beat Oklahoma. You're a better team than Oklahoma. After that, you've got Kansas State, who, even though they upset Texas Tech, they're not good. Yeah, they're not good. So, you know, that's two games you should win there. Then you go into your next game is on the road against Alabama. Alabama's in a little bit of a rut. They're not the team that everybody thought they were going to be for, for that SEC challenge. It's not a conference game, but, hey, if you can go if you can go on the road and beat up on an SEC team, why not? Then you come back and you finish out the month with, with West Virginia at home, and you just went into Morgantown, beat them by nine. You should be able to, to go ahead and, and, you know, sweep that series this year. So, I mean, that's one, two, three, four, five, uh, four, four games, three conference games in there all in a row that you're going to be expected to win. That'll be good confidence boosters moving forward before you head to Lawrence and play Kansas on, on February 5th. So um, I think it's, it'll, be, it'll be imperative for us to win those four games to really go in and, and be ready to play in Lawrence. So I'm looking at the standings right now. They have us tied with Tech, which in second. In the conference, yeah, we're both four and two. So, and then Kansas is for four and one. Yeah, there. Yeah, Kansas is up in first, four and one. Uh, I mean, we'd be just behind them because I mean, they they did beat us. Um, and Texas, man, they are something else. Yeah, they are uh, three and not three. good. Oklahoma <laughs> State's there. I mean. So, I mean, I personally – I know Kansas is the top right now. I think – I don't think they're as good – I don't think they're the top of the conference. They're not Kansas at They're all. good. They're not that – They're still yeah. very good, though. Yeah, yeah, they're still very good. But they're not that, like, Kansas that we were, had been used to, to where they're just going to roll through. Right. You know, they get some close wins, you know, you know, but they're going to roll through and win, maybe drop one game, which they already have, in the – um in the conference, but I think they, like you were saying, they have a couple losses left in them. And um, hopefully, and let's be honest, anywhere. Texas Tech could win this conference this year. Yeah, absolutely. They really, really could. Which part of me, as much as I want Baylor to win the conference, of course, but part of me would just, it'd be a little bit of, just so like sweet for them to do that, considering what happened in the offseason. Yeah, if it's in, if anybody but Baylor wins it, I want it. I would want it to be Tech. Just to have like you know this great you know as a I know like um, Ashley Hodge likes to call him John Wooden Jr. going to Texas, and then um, you have players stay. Some players stay. You know you promote from within, and then they go out and they have. Um, just a great start to the season so far. Much better than what what's happening in Austin. Yeah. So and Marquette be, uh, and then Marquette where Shaka is now is I think beaten four top twenty five teams this year. Oh no, but they Texas fans told me wasn't good. Yeah. Uh, Shaka has already it's it's mid January. Shaka has already won more or the same amount of games this year that Marquette won all of last year. So let me ask you a question. It's um, this isn't a Texas podcast, but from your point of view, what, what is the problem with Texas? Cause presumably 
based on their resources and talent, they should on across the board or, or the two main sports that we talk about, which like football and, and men's basketball specifically, why are they so underwhelming? It's it's the money side of things. There's there's an article that came out today in Sports Illustrated about them um, with the the college admission scandal. You know, with the the kids that were being recommended as you know for preferential yeah. treatment to get into college with like lower academic levels than the college would normally require because yeah. some coach would say they were playing tennis or they were a swimmer or whatever, which would ease admissions requirements to let them in and then once they would come on campus they would say never mind i'm not playing sports you know and then the coaches would accept bribes to get this stuff done well one of the ones that has served prison time was texas's men's tennis coach and he there was a big article about him in sports illustrated today and he talked about how one of the hardest parts of his job when he was there was that he was expected to be a fundraiser more than a coach and that when he was getting donations from people, that's when the president of the university and the athletic director at that time, it was Steve Patterson. Um, that's when he would get praise was when he was bringing money in and they didn't care that he was winning the conference in tennis. They cared about the donations that he was bringing in that would then allow them to build new tennis facilities or get naming rights on things, but just as a whole, bringing money into their athletic department. And I think even under Crystal Conci today, you just see the way that Texas, its fans, its administrators, like everybody that's involved with that school, the way they talk about things is all so money-based. Everything with them is money-based. And I think when a guy like Steve Sarkeesian or a guy like Shaka Smart goes in there, he gets these directives that if you want, you know, if you want to stick around or you want to like play the game and be a part of what we are at Texas, we expect you to be out there shaking boosters hands convincing people that they need to write these you know six figure and seven figure checks to the university of texas and there's not a lot of guys that are out there that are able to manage the ability to do that while also putting a solid product on the field consistently yeah because this is um on another topic but like they were talking about. I was listening to another podcast. And they were talking about how Nick Saban hit um, the whole like voting rights bill that was going through the um, Congress, the Senate, this week. And he had wrote a letter to Joe Manchin, who's a West Virginia senator, and he had you know supported the the voting rights bill. And they were talking about how why he would do that because presumably there are a lot of rich Alabama boosters who have a different maybe view on that topic than he would. And they were saying he can do whatever he wants. They don't, it doesn't matter, but that's because he has that capital of, of wins. You know, he could say he's a you know member of the communist party and they wouldn't care. Which. Well, and I think that's what makes Saban so special is yeah. that he is the type of person that can manage those conflicting time sucks. Yeah. But right? like Tom Herman couldn't even support his players not staying for the eyes of Texas. Yeah, I, but I mean, Tom Herman had other problems besides that. Tom Herman, Tom Herman, just I think legitimately the Texas job was just too big. Like that's what happens. That job is just too big for guys. I think Tom Herman's probably legitimately a pretty good offensive coach. He did good things at Houston. He was an offensive coordinator at Ohio State when they won a national championship. Like mm -hmm. the the guy has a pedigree of being a good coach. But going to Texas Alabama that year, what's that? Didn't they beat Alabama? Ohio they did. They, yeah, that was twenty fourteen. Yeah when Ohio state got the four spot ahead of both Baylor and TCU, oh, but they, they did, they did go on to win the national title. So I can't be as mad about it. The team that should have been in the playoff that year was Florida state. Let's be honest. Um, but, but it just, what's going on at Texas, I think in every sport is just that, like, I don't, I think the alignment of the athletic department is completely wrong. So, yeah. You know, I look at I look at Baylor and I think Mac Rhodes is the kind of guy that he manages like he takes it on as an athletic director to fundraise. I think insulate his coaches a little bit. I mean, Scott Drew is definitely out there fundraising. And I'm sure part of Dave Aranda's job is out there fundraising too, even though he seems so introverted. It, I, but I think it's different because like it's one thing like, hey, we're having a you know fundraiser type of benefit with boosters. 
can you come and speak kind of that's part of the selling point of forking over that money we're gonna come and talk about our future we're gonna talk about what, what this type of a new arena would do for the basketball program and and scott just gonna talk about that it's not but mac rose is doing all the heavy lifting or his staff his department what he's controlling on on the administrative side they're doing more of the heavy lifting and the fundraising part than the coaches are yeah i would agree that. and i don't and, know and i think texas that's the fundamental difference the is that texas Texas looks at its athletic department as a business. And so if you are a an employee of that business, you are expected to drive revenue. And the head football coach, the head basketball coach, the head tennis coach, those are all employees of the of the Texas business. So I until those priorities change, I just don't think that they can sustain success. They will they are good enough, big enough and strong enough to have years where they win the Sugar Bowl like they did in what uh, 2020, uh, 2018, somewhere around there, they won the Sugar Bowl. So yeah. they'll have those little yeah. pops, but A, that level of success isn't good enough for them for whatever reason. They've won like what three national championships in football since anybody I know has been alive. Like they haven't won that many uh, since like uh, the Civil Rights Act of 1965. <laughs> like they they act like they're I mean legitimately they they act like they're Ohio State or 90s Nebraska that they act like they have that kind of history they don't Oklahoma has a much better history of being like a blue chip high level school than Texas does Texas has just always been really consistently good but they've they're not a big national championship winning school um, so, so I think that mindset plus the money of things the money side of things that's what ruins question. Texas. I saw like um, I think there's a, a Twitter page, a website called Pick Six Previews. Mm-hmm. So they were I, I, I was watching them on Twitter. They're sending all these polls out, like, oh, who's a blue blood? Is this a blue blood? And have like two choices. And you know, I part, you know participated in that, and I said I don't think Texas is. I mean, it depends on your definition of blue blood, I guess. In on the field, no, I don't think Texas is a blue blood right now because their last time they appeared in a championship was a decade ago, just about over a decade ago. And they really haven't had a lot of on the field success to warrant that type of, you know, blue blood status. Although they do recruit like that at that level or they have. What do you I think, think part of being a blue blood is the reputation side of it? Mm-hmm. So I mean, what Notre Dame? Notre Dame hasn't won a national championship since what 1988, I think, is when Lou Holtz won it there. And they, yeah, they've been in one, and they but they yeah, the but they have they, not. They are they have not yet in the BCS era, New, BCS college football playoff era. They have not won a BCS or New Year's Six Bowl. No, they they've lost every time in, they've been. What 2012 BCS championship game? Yes, that that is correct. The, it was the Manti Teo year. They're in the playoff playoff. But so I mean, like Notre Dame, I still think is a blue blood, though, just because of their name and reputation. So I kind of give that same like Texas hasn't earned it. But I think enough people would say yes to, to Texas being a blue blood. So it's almost like if enough people believe it's true, then it must be. Yeah. But um, the only pushback I would say is like, while they may not have been in championships or won a championship, you have a lot of seasons where Notre Dame's winning double-digit wins, but on the other side, you know, you know, they also have the luxury they don't have; they're not in a conference, so they don't have a conference championship game and all that stuff. So, so Kyle Kyle Umlang on Twitter, I know, I know a lot of people hate him. I love Kyle to death; he's awesome. But he did he did like his own little graph of defining the the top, I think, top fifty programs of all time in um college football history and it defined i think he pulled eight blue bloods out of it and texas was one so i mean of course he's a texas fan he probably manipulated the data a little bit to where it got the outcome that he wants which why not more power to him but i did enjoy the graph and agree with it because i think baylor was the 40th best team of all time and i like the concept of thinking that we're like we're we're in that top 40 era of all time i i I would take that i don't I don't fault anyone for manipulating data because because Baylor manipulates data all the time. Whenever 
we start our count in 2010 for wins. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we, you know, we everybody the picks time. the convenient years because it's, <laughs> yeah. it's what we do. We're going to start in 2010 and we started being good. I don't want to talk to you about 2003. <laughs> since then, we've been the best. <laughs> and now I want to talk about that old stuff before 2010. Didn't happen. That's, oh, that's a long time ago. But yeah. for, for Texas, they go have to go back further. But yeah, um, but this isn't a Texas podcast, so we can move on. <laughs> did you have any more thoughts? Oh, I did want to say there is some news. Um, sporting, I think it's Sporting News did like a midseason. Yeah, Sporting News did a midseason All-American team. And um, Akinjo, James Akinjo was named on that team. So, and he's played like it. Akinjo is like I I won't lie at the beginning of the season when he was kind of in his doing too much phase I I was like I I don't quite see it and a lot of other people did and once we got like right before conference play started and then right at the beginning of conference play it I felt like I saw it finally and I absolutely yeah. adore that dude well just so far he's like I said he's on that mid season all first team all American for the Sporting News. Um, he's on the Wooden Award midseason top 25, Naismith Trophy watch list, and Lute Olsen Award watch list. So uh, he's playing pretty good to get that kind of attention. It helps when you're on the number one team in the country for, for a while there. So and yeah. right now, a top five team in the country. So that does help get some attention on, on you and your team, even though for some reason ESPN likes to put that team on ESPN Plus, but whatever. So there's some more basketball news that happened over the last couple of days. Did you so you know the first game between Texas and Texas Tech, so Tech playing Chris Beard again. Yeah. Is is coming up. And it's sold out, isn't it? So not only did it sell out, essentially what happened was a group of Texas Tech fans, I assume on one of their message boards, uh, they somehow got a hold of I think they I think what happened was they got a hold of the code that that Texas was using for selling their tickets to just them. So this game is not until February. Um, and actually, it's not the first game. It's the second game they're playing. So they'll, they'll, they'll play Texas at home before this happens. But when the tickets got released, they, they I guess they emailed out a code to Longhorn supporters only like, hey, these are our home tickets. You have to have this code to buy them or whatever. Yeah. And thousands of tech fans went on the website when they released and had the code and bought up all like all the tickets meant specifically for Longhorn fans. You know, it was I, so clogged up. I was seeing tech fans on Twitter today talking about how they were in waiting rooms and they couldn't get into the site to buy tickets. Like that's how many tech fans at once went to go buy tickets because they're going to go into the Irwin Center in Austin and the place is going to be black and, and black and oh, red. Yeah. Uh, we thought they were loud in Waco. Oh my God. Here's the thing. Um, for some reason, like they don't, you know, we were talking about Baylor, you know, early, maybe before we recorded, filling up our arena. But um, for some reason, they can't have people come to their games either. Well, but I just, basketball's not big in the state. Like you go look at A and M when they're good, nobody shows up to their games. It's big in Lubbock. Well, that's the but yeah that they are the exception to the rule. Lubbock supports like, everything, man. I will say this: like they do, they get they get fans to everything. Their baseball tickets like are sold out. About Texas Tech fans, and they can be uh, a rowdy bunch, but they their their pettiness is like knows no bounds. Oh, I Chris Beard. He's going the the two games he plays against them this year. They are. I don't even want to know the things that are going to be yelled at him. That's like must see. Like I'm going to watch those games. Oh, for sure. I gotta watch those games. I haven't seen a Texas play a game this year, but I'm going to watch the Texas Tech game. Yeah, I'm going to watch both of them. Um, we did have some football news also. While we're on the topic of news, um. Dave Aranda was wins the George Munger, I think is how you say it, maybe Coach of the Year award. Um, that's awarded from. Let me open the link. It's from 
the, the Maxwell, Maxwell Football Club, right? Club, yeah. So we we can open this wound about he should have won the coach, Big Twelve Coach of the Year, and maybe even the, the um, National Coach of the Year. But the Maxwell Football Club did see the correct choice and named David Randa the National Coach of the Year. It's huge. Uh, he deserves it a hundred percent. And I can't wait for him to sign his new contract whenever that that we, may be announced. It, uh, yeah, <laughs> heard it's coming. I've heard it's coming it's, for a while. For instance, like a month, I, months, I, I assume coming, that so. I assume that he's focused on recruiting, and there is just negotiations going on 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 what portion of new new funds will be paid to the assistants. That's what my assumption is. So, and let me see what else we got. Oh, we had a, a recruit sign this tonight. Commit tonight. It was a is a safety, safety Alfonso Allen from Miami. Miami three star. He held offers for during his recruitment. Looks like from Alabama, Auburn, Clemson, LSU, Michigan, Oklahoma, and others. So that's a 2022. So he'll be signing for this, this recruiting cycle. Yeah. Another big get. This is a, this is turning into a pretty solid recruiting class. And I think Aranda is one of those guys that he's not just going out for the five-star guys. He's looking for guys that fit his system. So, um, we also got a, a awesome transfer yeah. coming in in Jackson player to play talk about that. defensive line that he's Waco born and bred from Midway high school, uh, was not recruited by the last staff or not offered. He was recruited by Sean Bell apparently, but was not offered because yeah. the previous coaching staff said he was too short. That's a little, there was a little like rule shade in an interview. Yes, there was. And it's like the previous staff didn't was like you said, they said he was too short. Which I guess they kind of had benchmarks for measurables. You know, they kind of. See, that's weird to me because I always ratings. remember them talking about how all they cared about was speed. Well, I think for for defensive line, they they wanted measurables like things you can't coach, like 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 height, arm length, things of that nature that were are. But they, it's kind of an NFL mindset of how, what they look for in a draft, like where they do the combine. Like the players get college players get dinged all the time for having short arms or whatever the case may be, regardless of their production. Gotcha. That makes sense. And, you know, but that kind of goes, it's kind of counterintuitive to a previous recruiting staff member used to always say, like, you know, see a stud off for a stud. You know, regardless of all that other stuff, if you can, on his film, if he's, if he's making plays, you know, he's, if he's a player, he's a, he's a player. And we got a player. Yeah, he's a beast. And seeing him next to next to Ika next year is going to be is going to be really cool. So you think he'll be like an interior lineman, not not nose guard. No, he won't be a nose guard. So I think in, like in a four down set, he okay. in a four down set, he and Ika will both play the tackle. And then I think in a three down set, he'll play an end. He's a good player. I mean, I've seen him play. For some reason, I've watched a lot of Tulsa, and so but he's a good player. I mean, it's a it's a definitely a good get. Yeah, and it adds depth. Like that's the thing. So it's it it just buoys things that we you know in the trenches where we're probably already going to have the best offensive line in the conference, and now I think we're shoring things up to be up there as having one of the best defensive lines in the conference too. So, uh, very exciting for football. Very. I can't wait. It, we're 200-something days away, and I, I cannot wait for it to get here again. So before we go, I did want to – I just thought of a, a question I wanted to post to you. I was having with a friend of mine a kind of text message. He's kind of – you've seen these people online that are like – they're, you know, gnashing their teeth and tearing their clothes, yelling at, at the skies about the transfer portal and NIL and all this stuff. And – He's one of those guys, and he was like, well, college football, I'm, I'm out on college football because it's changed. It's like, it's like the NFL, right? And he mentioned Jackson player, having so like, he, you know, he's good at Tulsa, and he leaves Tulsa, you know, you know, a program like Tulsa, you're never going to be able to keep good players. So I, I was interested to know your thoughts on that whole situation. Like, I, I, don't, I don't see an issue with it. It's – Guys are if if a guy should if a guy has the ability to go play somewhere where he thinks he's going to have 
a, a better shot at a football career or he thinks he's going to have a, a more enjoyable time as a football player or having more, more fulfilling experience as a football player. I think he should have every right to go get that. I don't yeah. I don't see how this is any in any way ruining the game. Georgia just won national cha- a national championship and they're going to have with the fan base that they have and winning a national title, beating Alabama. The, the kids on the team are going to have every NIL possibility in the world. And they've got people transferring. So yeah. guys transfer for different reasons. Maybe they want to get closer to home. Maybe they're maybe they're out of Tulsa and they want to compete for a power five championship or they want to try to go to a school where um, they compete for a national championship. So you, you, you choose to go somewhere besides Tulsa. The issue isn't the transfer portal. The issue is whether or not Tulsa gets a shot at the national title, in my opinion, in that case. So mm-hmm. I, don't I just I don't have any problem with it. If coaches can up and leave, so can players. Yeah, and I don't think you can divorce the, the playoff expansion conversation from the transfer portal conversation because they're kind of, you know, the two sides of kind of the same coin. On and just just to be clear, I'm I'm every, I'm very pro uh, student athlete. Anything that gives players more agency in college sports, I'm for. So like I have no problem with the transfer portal. Like you talked about, coaches can leave you know before their season's over. Like um, like we saw this year, like Lincoln Riley left after the Oklahoma State game, or you know. Brian Kelly at Notre Dame, whether they were technically still in contention to make the playoffs. So, I mean, if and they can leave and no one, you know, really bats an eye, um, you know, and then and they do it all the time. Why can't players make that decision that's best for them for their future as well? Yeah, absolutely. And now the transfer portal, you're going to have guys leave your school. Yeah. And here's the other thing. All the people that are nobody, everybody's complaining when a guy leaves, but nobody's complaining when guys are coming to their school. Yeah. Like we, Oklahoma fans are upset about Caleb Williams, but they weren't upset about the UCF guy that came in. Yeah. And they're, and, and, I mean, I say on that front, I mean, yeah, I mean, they have every right to be upset. The starting quarterback is leaving after your coach left. I would be upset about, you know, all of our players, some, or, I probably wouldn't be as upset. They're more upset about Lincoln Riley. If he goes to USC, that's going to be – it's a different level because the coach leaves and then then the star quarterback transfers. But he was his recruit. You know, he's following his the coach if he goes there. I've heard, you know, it's down to USC and another school close by where I'm at. But um, it, that's one thing. It's another thing if a guy leaves and goes to a different school because he he's looking for a good situation for him. Yeah, I don't have, I don't have any issues with the transfer portal. I think transfer portal and NIL are working like they're supposed to. Uh, I know all these people are. I've I've seen a lot of people talk about how um, it you know it was never meant to be for recruiting, which it wasn't. But you're never going to be able to stop that. And yeah. guess what? The stuff was going on anyway. So if you listen to smart people in college football, um, whenever the NIL thing, that of course it was going to be used in recruiting. Yeah, everything absolutely. is used in recruiting. Duh. That any advantage you have, you use in recruiting. People are, you know, saying things about like Texas AM. That's what he, my friend said. He said, AM spent $30 million on recruiting class. I was like, so cool. Yeah. Don't pocket watch. If AM, <laughs> if AM's fans, alumni, boosters, whatever school, like if they have $30 million to go spend on kids to play football, great. That's what they're setting the market value at. I don't care. Yeah. And what I said was, you know, the odds that every player, all twenty-five or however many they signed, pan out, probably aren't aren't great because that no class does. You no. know, some of those guys are just going to be second and third team, you know, like roster bodies, scholarship players, but they're they're going to be on special teams and they're not going to be stars. So these billionaire boosters, they didn't get to be billionaires by making bad investments, it'll all level out. You know, the market's going to correct itself eventually. It's going to be a little bit crazy at first, of course, because it's new. But yeah. the, these rich guys didn't become rich and stay rich by wasting money. I was talking to a buddy of mine that's an LSU fan the other day, and I said, 
all it's what you're going to see is there's going to be years when guess what? a is not going to win a national title. I just, I just don't see it. And so if you're the kind of guy that's paying six figures folks. Yeah. Yeah. Hot take. a and not going to win a national title. And what's going to happen when a guy that's giving six, six figures every year isn't getting it. Like what if they don't even make a conference championship game in the next five years? They have to make it Which, in the next two. Like, but just uh, even five. Like, imagine if they go five years with still not making the championship game of the conference, because they're about to most likely have Oklahoma. They're they're probably gonna uh, over the next four years or so. They're gonna ha- or before even that happens, they've still got Alabama, LSU, Auburn, and an, mm-hmm. an on the rise Arkansas, mm-hmm. and an on the rise Ole Miss. The the only school in their conference that's not at least a dormant powerhouse or a school that's on the rise, you know, because LSU didn't have a great year last year, but it's LSU. They'll be back. Plus Alabama. Like I just don't see a road for A&M to actually be successful. Yeah. I mean, and with the the added expectation, because 24 seven put out there like way too early top 25 and they're like number four. Yeah. That's what always happens. I mean, that expectation you have to, that's why I said two years because the expectation is next year you're going to start off one of the top, you know, top five in the country. That's going to be the expectation. And the first time you falter and lose, all your fans, all those boosters, they're going to, you know, they want to return on their investment. Yeah. How long is a guy going to, to, to be willing to spend that kind of money if he's not getting results out of it? That's the question. And AM, honestly, the answer is AM probably longer than other places. And if they want to spend their that if they want to spend their money that way, then I'm all for it. I, I'm not criticizing them for doing it. I just don't yeah. think they'll be able to do it long term. Yeah, me either. I'm all because for unless they're going out there and winning, those guys aren't going to keep doing it. It's just not going to happen. I agree. So, did you have anything else? Anything else, uh, Baylor sports wise, you want to talk about? No, but I, I uh, whenever we close out, I, I do have a, a words of wisdom from from Paul Jeffers, Mr. Jeffries. Okay. So do you want to just go ahead? Let's do our um, our regular close. I'm really I don't have anything else. Baylor sports wise, we're about we're over an hour right now. So let's just go ahead and do our. What are you watching, reading, listening to anything new? Uh, I think I mentioned it. Just just earlier, we got uh, we're yeah. watching Abbott Elementary and um, Boba Fett right now is our kind of weekly must sees. And then this week, my wife and I started watching uh, Clarkson Clarkson's Farm together. So I've already watched it. It's Jeremy Clarkson, one of the hosts of Top Gear, um, okay. runs a farm for a year uh, that he owns. So I watched it, loved it to death. And so we were looking for something to watch together. And I was like, I'll watch this again. And so uh, we're watching that together right now. Well, I'm watching. Um, I started a Wheel of Time on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Have, have you watched that yet? I have not, but I've seen. I've seen some people recommend it. Yeah, uh, Brad Duquette on Twitter. He is very um, high praise for it. So he has great taste, and I, you know, and that's why I started based on his recommendation because he was um, had a lot of good things to say about it from the jump. So. I've watched the first two episodes and he's right on so far. They they got me that the first episode really you gotta and something new like that that really has to hook you to to you know I usually give shows about three episodes before I before I pull the ripcord. Mm-hmm. But they you know they Will of Time got me from episode one, so I was like, yeah, I'm in. So I started watching that. Um other than that, I think I'm thinking I'm gonna I'm gonna reread like Lord of the Rings um, to kind of prepare, which I know it doesn't have anything to do with the new series, but to prepare for that. Go read the uh the what is it, the Cimmerillion? Yeah. Though I think but I, I think wanted to the read show Lord is the based off of like the like the appendixes of the books of the of the lord of the rings like i think i think the information that they're using for this show is probably in the appendixes of the of the three books yeah and like i said i kind of want to do it because i want to read with my, my my daughters as well they've never read lord of the rings mm. so i thought it was like as a family father-daughter activity we would all read like we'd read together and um and get ready for that the first one will be surprisingly boring 
<laughs> well, again, I haven't probably read it since school. So yeah, if I, I haven't read it in a very long time, but I just remember the first one being way more walking than you expect. Like they do a lot. The movies do a, do a much better job of being like, we don't need to show all the walking they do. All right. Um, any, since we talked about music today, any music you're listening to? Anything? Man, I listen to everything. Um, I started listening to Tool today. <laughs> so I, I, that's what I listen to today. Cause that's I what that. we were talking, I do that everybody was talking about. I'm going to bring something up and I'll, I'll get into like a, a zone and I'll just listen to every, everything I can find on, you know, Apple music or whatever. Um, so speaking of music, I did want to. You tweeted about this. I want to ask you about it. What are your thoughts on the uh, Super Bowl halftime show? Oh, dude, I'm excited for it. Uh, it's going to be exciting. I, I, I said, I will. I did have like a split second thing, and this is what I said on Twitter was um, before they showed all of the artists. They played. They started playing like the beginning of one of their songs. So yeah. like there was there was Eminem, Mary J. Rap Blige, God, Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Dr. Dre, and at the very end, of, at the very end of the the trailer, they started playing "California Love," and my brain was like, "Oh, Tupac," and I, uh, oh yeah, he's not he's not around. <laughs> yeah, so that would have been I, something though. Like, yeah, I was waiting for Pepsi to be the people that announced it. <laughs> all those people and you know have the YouTube channels, their conspiracy theories would be like, "I knew it." <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited for it. I mean, that's kind of like I like all all those are. You know, great artists. Why would you not be excited for an Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick halftime show? It's better it's than Aerosmith. All right, are you ready for Paul's word of wisdom as we close? Yes. All right. So on. Paul Paul says Pringles need to be in a lar- in larger tubes. Not sure if this is what you were looking for, but there you go. Oh, and they should mix and match flavors in the same large tube. So, so does he Pringle mean, wisdom? Does he mean like you have a, a a tube of Pringles, and you start off with like sour cream, and then halfway down, it's like cheese or plain? Yeah, I'm thinking more like mix. Like when I think, I think like every other one. So you can get like barbecue plain. Okay. You know, so like each bite is new, or you could like pull like out multiple, chip. and it's like a stack. Yeah. I think they should do it. Just not, not like put it on the thing. Like you think you got sour cream and onion <laughs> and then you have like a third of mystery it. It's like, holy crap, this is barbecue. <laughs> yeah. Like mystery, like kind of like Oreos, like it's a mystery, like, or we mixed it up and we just didn't tell you. So you, you know, the first third is what you thought you bought and they were going to switch it up. When was the last time you ate Pringles? Um, probably. I don't know, like six months ago. I can't. I can't tell you the last time I ate. Well, Pringles. here's the thing. Again, you'll you'll learn this. So having children that like bring their lunch to school, you kind of have these like Pringle like, you know, the the to go pack Pringles, not the full. Yeah, thing, the little like mini the little, Pringles. Little mini Pringles. So you buy like a go to Costco or whatever. You buy like a you know big old box of those, and um, you know, I'm sitting in the house watching football. I grab me a little pack of Pringles. Hey, see, that makes sense. That makes sense. But a full two, I haven't like a full, like regular tube of Pringles. I don't know. I can't tell you the last time I had like, it's one of those things like you don't purchase. It is there. If you're somewhere and they're there, you, you'll eat them. Right. Like I have not been to the grocery store and been like, you know what I need to buy is some Pringles. It's not on your list. You're going to be like, oh, where's the Pringles? Do they, are they even with the chips? Cause they're all. Bags. Yeah. They're with the chips. They're like, uh, like I know it like the H E B I I go to, I think they're like across the aisle from the chips. So like, cause it's considered a snack food, like with like peanuts and stuff like that. It's still a potato chip. Once you pop the fun, don't stop. See people. This is what you get here in the bear den. I don't <laughs> think you get other places. We're going to end Thank this episode you. with once you pop. You just don't stop. Thank you, Paul, for the inspiring Pringles knowledge. All right. Where can the people find you? Uh, find me on Twitter at Matt D. Workman, as always. Um, what about yourself? I am on Twitter as well at the underscore Joe underscore Goodman, which you probably know because you probably got to this because one of us tweeted that. But yeah, 
just in case you've there stumbled is a, upon us. We have like a there's a Twitter. I have a Twitter account for the the podcast. I just don't use it a lot. I usually use my personal because it's it's way easier than switching back and forth. And then you get yeah, someday and, we'll we'll get people to care about that Twitter account. And but today like, is not that day. I've I've done it. Like I've tried to do it, and then I find myself like I have like a really funny tweet I want to send out, and I do it on my phone, and I'm in the wrong account. And I'm like, God dang it! <laughs> but anyway, that's all I got. All right, Maddie. Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.